0: our Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Brian Peacock here with you once again, Thursday edition of Locked On 49ers. My guest today, Ryan Covey, you know him from his work at KNBR. He is the host of KNBR Tonight AM 680 in the Bay Area, 49ers flagship station. Going to be talking to him a little bit about the 49ers and the Bears. He covers the 49ers working at KMBR, but also is a Bears fan. So he's got some unique insight there to the matchup for week 13 this Sunday. You can follow me on Twitter at BDPeacock. Email the show, on 49 ers at Gmail. Subscribe, rate, review, iTunes. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, I Heart Radio, we are everywhere, and of course, head over to LockedOn49ers.com, new content going up there all the time, uh, most recently, some really cool film room articles by Chris Wilson, and he's diving into uh, what the newest starting quarterback of the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, is looking like, and potentially could look like, as he takes over for the 49ers, so a nice little preview there, what we're going to see more of, hopefully, on Sunday. Before we get to Ryan, I want to get to Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo, who both took to the podium Wednesday after practice. Uh, they had both had some interesting things to say. Of course, a lot of this week is, this is a Jimmy Garoppolo-focused week. It's, there's been a lot of Jimmy Garoppolo since he got uh, traded to the 49ers, but now that he's the starter going into week 13, uh, yeah, we are definitely in Jimmy Garoppolo mode, getting to know him a little bit. So uh, let's hear from the coach and Jimmy themselves uh, real quick, let's go over the practice report here before we get to those guys. Uh, the injury report for Wednesday's practices did not practice. C.J. Bethard dealing with that knee and hip injury. Elvis Doomerville and Joe Staley did not practice. Not injury-related, just getting some rest there, so that's good news. Right tackle Trent Brown still limited in practice with his injury that he suffered late last week in practice. Hopefully he goes, I believe right now, uh, with Eric Magnuson also out now on IR. If Trent Brown can't go, and gosh, hopefully he can go to help protect Jimmy Garoppolo in his starting debut, looks like Zane Beatles would probably be the starter at right tackle. Uh, not ideal there. Uh, Adrian Colbert still nursing that thumb injury. Still questionable if he will be able to go and start at free safety on Sunday. And George Kittle limited in practice due to an ankle injury. And that's it. So, you know. All in all, not the worst injury report. Definitely had some worse injury reports than that. Uh, Trent Brown, I think, is the biggest one there. And, you know, hey, Adrian Colbert, he looked pretty good. I want to see him the rest of the way and see if he can flash and continue to look like a a starting caliber free safety for the 49ers. And then George Kittle. Hey, uh, we need more weapons. You know, obviously, Trent Brown would help to protect Jimmy Garoppolo. But then, you know, once he is protected, he needs somebody to throw to. So hopefully, George Kittle can get out there and continue to develop. Uh, It's really tough for rookie tight ends to develop. So I think we're going to see a big jump from George Kittle in in year two, and hopefully he can get out there and finish year one strong. Let's get to the audio here. I want to start with one non-quarterback item, then we'll get to all the Garoppolo stuff. Shanahan was asked toward the end of the press conference about an interesting question about Eric Reid and signing him going forward and what he thought about him going into free agency this offseason, something we talked a lot about uh, this weekend and on the last episode with Rob Lauder here on Locked On 49ers.
0: Yeah, I definitely would like him in it. Um, like I have said, throughout all of our free agents and stuff, you know, you get, there's a business aspect to that. Um, we do have some depth there, but Eric Reed's a very good player, and I, I like how he handles himself. I, I really respect the person. Um, I thought Eric, you know, he's battled some stuff this year through his injury, trying to get back. I thought Eric had um, probably his best game on Sunday, and I hope that continues and he finishes strong, and uh, we'll see how this offseason goes. But I know based off the player in person, he's definitely a guy I would like back here
1: and why this was the right time to insert Jimmy Garoppolo as the starter.
0: Basically, you know, it's a decision we had to look into each week. It's definitely hasn't been an easy decision. Um, I've wanted to get a chance to see Jimmy play. I've also wanted a chance to let, uh, I mean, Jimmy play, and I've wanted a chance to let CJ continue to. Um, So we've been trying to balance that out and also give Jimmy a chance to fully get ready. Um, Like I've said throughout the whole time, you know, it's, you know, the longer you wait, the more ready he'll be. I wanted to wait a while to give CJ a chance to be ready, too, and had to put him in a little bit before I wanted to. Um, Same thing's happened a little bit with Jimmy. Like I said, he won't fully be there, I believe, till next year. Um, But with everything going the way it did, also with CJ being um, not able to practice today and maybe not throughout the week, uh, made the decision a little bit easier.
1: Shanahan kind of skates the question on if it would have been Jimmy Garoppolo anyways, even with 100% healthy C.J. Bethard. So he kind of gets a cop-out answer on that one. But uh, to me, it was Jimmy all the way, and it couldn't have really gone any other way at this point. So how do you go into this week with Jimmy Garoppolo? Obviously still fairly new to the playbook, but he, he's got enough to be functional at this point. He's got all the plays on the wristband. This week's game plan is for Jimmy, so you're not teaching him the entire playbook.
0: Well, that's the thing. When you go into the week with him as a starter, knowing it, the, the playbook is this week. Um, you know, it's not like a big inventory of our training camp and OTA system. You know, it's what's our game plan to beat Chicago. Um, we put that in together all Monday night and uh, Tuesday with the idea that we knew we were going to go with Jimmy. Um, So when we did that, we put in a game plan that we thought he could do. Um, By no means has he repped at all. Uh, That's what starts today. We just did a walk through. Um, But this game plan is for Jimmy, and he'll work at it all week. And um, whatever he doesn't feel comfortable with and he doesn't get down in these um, three practices, then we'll take it out. And whatever we're going with Sunday, he'll know 100% of it.
1: See, that's the thing. Get him those reps. Get him not only game reps, but get him that starting quarterback practice reps I mean it's all about should be all about getting Jimmy Garoppolo as comfortable in the offense the rest of this year I mean he's done enough sitting in three plus years let's get him out there let's get him those live bullets those live reps that you can't really emulate just hanging out and having backup reps in practice so starters reps in practice game reps yeah he's done enough sitting let's get this guy out there for his career and I'm sure he's finally ready to be like okay I get to be the guy for five weeks what about playing in Chicago? Jimmy Garoppolo, it's a big storyline, not only his first start for the 49ers, but going home for the first time as an NFL player, being a guy who grew up in Illinois.
0: Um, I don't know. You know, I'm still getting to know Jimmy and I pretty confident he doesn't seem like that to me. You know, he doesn't seem too high or too low. I think he's a very um, even kill guy who's um, you know, I, you know, he's, it's been awesome for him to be around someone like Tom and um, those guys in New England and you know, Jimmy's not going to make stuff up. He's not going to make too big a deal about things. He fully understands what this business is, what his job is, and I don't think he thinks about going to Chicago for to see people. I know he's going there with one thing in mind, just just like we all are.
1: So that's a great segue to Garoppolo's comments, and uh, he was asked if he was feeling added pressure being in Chicago for the first time as a pro. It's
2: just another not, not not just another game, but it's. Uh... You know, just how football is. Uh, It's a good opportunity. You know, Chicago, they got a good team, good defense, and uh, it'll be a great challenge for us.
1: Jimmy was asked uh, how much it helps getting the first team reps rather than backup reps at practice.
2: You know, I think this week will really help Um, getting the live reps with them against uh, the scout team defense and even in the competition periods. uh, Getting that timing down with those guys is a crucial thing between quarterback and really any skilled player. I mean, tight ends, receivers, running backs, all those guys, uh, they all have specific things that they do well, and uh, we're trying to showcase those.
1: You know, it's a big part of it, developing timing with receivers. It's not just about practice reps and knowing the offense, knowing the verbiage, being able to call the plays, but then knowing where your receivers are going to be and having that feel. So that's something that takes time to build. And if any of these players are going to be around for a long term, that'll help going into next year, but it'll improve week to week as well for Jimmy Garoppolo. So obviously everybody's excited to see Jimmy Garoppolo this year. I'm sure as are the coaching staff and Jimmy himself excited to be in there and starting for the 49ers. But what about a long-term deal in San Francisco?
2: I mean, like I said before, I'm trying not to think about the future too much. Uh, I've learned in the past that when your mind wanders like that, uh, you know, quarterbacking in this league is hard enough. So when you start thinking about other things, you're going to have a tough time. So I think just staying focused on the Bears this week and, uh, you know, I hold myself to a high level. So I've been doing that my whole life and I think that won't stop.
1: Very professional, very workmanlike answers there from Jimmy Garoppolo at the podium. Uh, maybe a little bit more colorful than C.J. Beathard, but uh, you get the feeling that that's the type of player and that's the type of person that uh, Kyle Shanahan likes working with and, uh, and John Lynch as well. So I, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a great fit here for the 49ers, and it definitely doesn't seem like anything's too big for him. Uh, it seems calm. Talking to the press seems really calm, at least for three plays so far in a 49ers uniform on the field as well. So that's today's audio. Let's go ahead and shift to today's guest, and talk a little Niners-Bears for Week 13. All right, my guest today is Ryan Covey. You know him from his work at KNBR, the sports leader. On KNBR Tonight, nightly, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. on AM680 in the Bay Area. Ryan, thanks for joining me, man.
3: Hey, Brian, anytime, brother, you put out the uh, the bat signal, I shall respond. It's that simple. How are you doing? Everything good?
1: Oh, uh, everything's great over here, man. I'm just, you know, gearing up for those fantasy football playoffs. Um, if, uh, <laughs> for those listeners who don't know, I'm in a fantasy league with Ryan Covey and Mr. Nick Winkler, who you guys I'm sure are all uh, familiar with. And, um, I think combined Winkler and Covey win totals pretty similar to what the 49ers and, and bears have right now this season.
3: Oh, easy, bro. You're talking to a two-time <laughs> champ right now. And if things go my way this Sunday, I'm going to back into the playoffs in that six spot Peacock. I need to win and I need two other matchups to go my way and then I'm in. So there you go.
1: Oh dude, I'm written for you, man. I'm already I've already got my uh my check cashed. I am in the I'm in the tourney. <laughs> Although I'm not yeah, oh, I know. I'm not playing as well going in record wise. I'm kinda like the Chiefs where I came out of the gate hot, kinda sputtering into yeah. the playoffs, uh, but some bad beats as well. I think I'm looking good. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna take home the hardware this year, man.
3: Uh yeah, we'll see, bro. If I get in, I'm dangerous. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I won it as a six seat a couple of years ago, so it can be done. My team's getting hot at the right time. <laughs>
1: So, I don't know if you heard about uh, Winkler, but he got poked in the eye yesterday. So he had to cancel his appearance here on Lockdown 49ers, and I was trying to get him to sneak oh, on no. with us here today. But, yeah, he's like at home in the dark. Uh, his, his little baby boy poked him in the eye, and so he's still, he's still hurting from that, little, man.
3: Little Bixby took him out, huh? Yeah, he oh, did. that's unfortunate, man. Uh, actually, I have a broken blood vessel in my eye right now, too. i got a big old red eye, man. It's very unsightly. So, oh, jeez. Uh, you know, it's, it's going around, I guess.
1: I'm going to keep my, uh, my eyewear on, man. This is frightening. Yeah, seriously.
3: <laughs> Protective your Safety first. Be safety first and then teamwork. That's the mantra, okay?
1: Yeah, thank you. Hey, s- speaking of getting taken yeah. out, you were on the sideline with the parabolic mics at Levi's Stadium on Sunday. Up close and personal, yeah, personal for that, uh, I saw some of your footage. I think I retweeted your video that you took from right there on the sideline. You were on that end zone when that when uh, Jimmy Garoppolo came into the game. Uh, what was that like? What, yeah. what, what did he look like up close and personal to you, and, and how bad were those hits on C.J. Bethard when you're that close?
3: Oh man! I mean, first of all, let me address Beathard first. That kid's tough as nails. He was taking some shots, and you know, it, it, I thought the game plan was pretty bad. They they were not fooling Seattle. They tried a lot of misdirection, a lot of deception, and they just were not fooling Seattle at all. And it set up Beathard to take a lot of licks. Uh, obviously, having Eric Magnuson at right tackle, and then you know, we found out later that he was playing injured. Um, didn't help the cause much either. And uh, yeah, so Beathard was taking some licks. Uh, I got a, a, a pretty good. Uh, Pretty good couple of doses of Pete Carroll berating officials with my parabolic mic, so that was pretty cool. He's a, he's a talker. I think we all know that. And then uh, as far as when Garoppolo came in, now here, here's the deal, Brian, and I know that this uh, Ruben Foster talked about this, Eric Reed. Now there was some cheering going on, and, you know, I, I had a problem with it just simply because obviously what Beathard has done, and, you know, we, we know that Garoppolo, that meant Garoppolo was going to come in and everybody was excited, but let's, you know, let's do this in segments here. Let's, let's keep calm and quiet when, when Beathard's down. When he gets up, you give him his hand for hanging in there like a champ, and then you you give the raucous cheer for Jimmy Garoppolo coming onto the field and you know I know it's kind of it's tough to you know segment that, but uh, I, I did feel like there were some people cheering when uh, when Beth was still on the ground and you know I talked about it on my show and uh, I wasn't very happy with it, but you know and I, I you know basically we kind of beat that into the ground, so uh, you know kind of ready to move on from that it just was kind of unfortunate and, and look there weren't a lot of fans left so uh, and, you know, let's face it, 49ers haven't given them a whole lot to cheer about this year. So, uh, you know, I couldn't blame them for being a little frustrated, but, you know, don't don't aim the frustrations at C.J. Beathard. I mean, that's, you know, that's not the guy. Yeah, but not- uh, as far as when uh, when Jimmy G came in, Brian, I mean, you know, there was a, there was a level of excitement and anticipation. And, you know, look, it's a, it's a touchdown in garbage time against a defense that was playing a vanilla front. Like, you know, we don't want to put too much into it, but, hey, better than coming in and throwing a pick, you know. So <laughs> uh, right. it gives them something to look forward to, I figured. It would be a, a, a natural thing for him to start in Chicago this week, it's his hometown, you know, it's, it, Illinois, his home state. And, uh, you know, it, it was time. I mean, Shanahan was looking for the right time to, to make the switch, and, and now that time is upon us.
1: Good points all around there. And, uh, yeah, definitely not a good look if people were cheering – while CJ Beth yeah. was hurt, and I'm glad you gave me that firsthand because I heard some other people that were in the stands say, "No, nah, it was pretty standard." They they applauded when he came off the field, like you would when someone is hurt and they're down for a while. And, and on on the telecast, it sounded more like you know you can't hear all the you can't hear the entire crowd, but and obviously there probably wasn't very many people left in Levi's Stadium at that point. Uh, to make a lot of noise but uh i heard the the really the only main cheer i heard was when he was walking off the field so it sounded okay to me but but live and i'm sure on the bench it must have there must have been some fans out there that were that were definitely doing it the wrong way so uh come on niners fans you got to clean that up you got to clean that up a little bit um let's move on to the quarterback on the other side and uh you are a bears fan that's why i wanted to talk to you this week and uh so you know your niners you know your bears Let's talk Mitch Trubisky. He's someone I loved coming out of the draft last year. I had no problems with what the Bears did moving up to grab him and taking him number two overall. A lot of things I like about Jimmy Garoppolo, I like about Mitch Trubisky. You know, he's a well-built guy. He's got a really nice arm. I don't think he got enough credit for how good his arm is. Obviously, he was a rock quarterback coming out, only started for one year. But, man, he's got some of that natural, just things you can't teach. Anticipation and accuracy and arm strength. And he's a darn athletic guy as well what have you seen so far this season from Mitch Trubisky as quarterback of the Bears
3: well yeah and and I totally agree with your assessment now as far as on draft night I wasn't thrilled because I thought that they, he would have been there at three the 49ers weren't interested in taking him so I thought John Lynch kind of uh, exploited the situation and mm-hmm. much to his credit um you know and and it ended up being uh the 49ers game they essentially you know in the long and the short of it that they got Reuben Foster out of that so uh nice work John Lynch now I- as far as Trubisky Look, first things first, you, the, the talent around him is substandard. Let me put it like this Mitch Trubisky is jealous of the 49ers receiving core. Okay. <laughs> like, that's how bad it is in oh, Chicago. Man. I mean, they can't keep anybody healthy. They lost Cameron Meredith at the start of the year and in, in, in Camp, who was our number one receiver last year, was, you know, kind of making strides. Uh, Kevin White, the number one pick out of West Virginia a couple of years ago, he's on IR for a third straight year. I mean, he's just bust city. So the, the talent is there. Then he lost Zach Miller. So it's it, it hindered his development, and, you know, John Fox couldn't develop film, much less a quarterback. So that's a problem, <laughs> and, and Fox is going to be on his way out. But, uh, you know, Trubisky, he's got, the, he's got what you look for. He's, he's kind of the, the, the next generation of quarterback, you know, maybe not that you know 6'5 type guy, definitely not the Mike Glennon, uh, you know, statue, no movement in the pocket kind of guy. He's, he's mobile. He's got a quick release. Um, you know, really all the things you're looking for. Uh, I, I do think Trubisky's ceiling is high, Brian. Um, now it's it's obviously going to take some time to develop. Uh, I like that they put him in there. I mean, Glennon was just terrible. It was just, it was unwatchable. And so you figure, hey, if it's a, if the season's a write-off anyway, let's put him in there. The Bears' O-line is actually decent. Uh, and, you know, they got a decent running game with Jordan Howard and, and Tariq Cohen. So, hey, put him in there, let him learn, let him take his lumps and, and let him grow. Uh, and, and they've done that. Um, you know, they didn't... Uh, they didn't open up the entire playbook to him, as you would expect, with a rook. They brought him along slowly. Uh, the, the problem is that there's not a lot around him. The play calling hasn't been great. Uh, Loggins, uh, the, the O.C. is terrible. So it, it's kind of a disastrous situation, and I hope that it doesn't hinder his development. Uh, best case for Mitch Trubisky, they get this current regime out of there. They get some young, fresh, uh, innovative offensive minds in there, and uh, you know, hopefully he can move forward. To be honest with you, Brian, and, and this is going back a little bit, when when they let Adam GaSe go, uh, I, I I was uh, I was hoping that they would promote him to head coach and get rid of John Fox. Now the McCaskeys are uh, an, as an ownership group pretty notoriously cheap, and there was no way they were going <laughs> to eat the final couple of years of Fox's deal. But it's it's the writing's on the wall now. Fox is out. Um, but it, as far as Trubisky, high ceiling, but hey, you know at some point you, get, you know obviously he's going to be expected to produce wins in the NFL. But as far as what I've seen just on film and just the way he handles that huddle. And, you know, we've seen enough football. Like, he passes the eye test. You know what I'm saying? He can make those throws uh, outside of the numbers. And he hangs in the pocket. He's got good vision down the field. He goes through his progression. He'll look safeties off, which I know Jimmy Garoppolo is pretty adept at as well. So uh, I think the ceiling's high, but patience with, uh, with Mitchell Trubisky.
1: Ryan Covey, host of KNBR Tonight, joining me here on Locked On 49ers. Throws outside the numbers, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, somebody, I think it was Chris Biederman, who's a friend of the show, tweeted out some stats, sure. and it was basically the the Mitch Trubisky versus C.J. Beathard stat line for the year, and they were almost identical, which I was surprised about because right. watching both players, and I haven't seen all of Trubisky's snaps, but from what I've seen from him, and seen him make some really great throws, and you haven't seen as many wow throws from C.J. Beathard. But um, and it was funny because they definitely... Uh, we're taking things a lot slower with Trubisky, too, because he had one more start, but he had about 50 less pass attempts than C.J. Beathard did. Uh, that was coming right. off of last Sunday. But I think the hope is for the Bears would be, I mean, and I was going to ask you about John Fox, but it sounds like he's pretty much done, in your opinion. You hope that they can right. be like Jared Goff and the Rams, right? Because... Goff looked sure. awful last year and now he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league this year with a good coaching staff they added some weapons for him and it sounds easy on paper to say hey let's get him some weapons and a good coach but you actually have to uh you know accomplish that but i mean it it seems like you know with the strong defense and you know it's kind of like the 49ers you can see where there's the light at the end of the tunnel where this could be, actually be a pretty good sure. team coming up here in a year or two
3: These teams are so similar Brian i mean they've got both pretty good running games, you know, Carlos Hyde and and Brita, you know, the, the youngster, the Bears have youngster Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard, you know, the incumbent, the, the, the bell cow workhorse, shoddy receiving core. Both teams have that young quarterback with, you know, high expectations. Both teams have that. And both teams have, you know, reasonably solid defenses and and both teams have been besieged with injury. Uh, 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo are, are happy that they won't have to see Leonard Floyd this Sunday. Bears number one pick, of a couple of years ago he had surgery he'll be back next year for camp but uh, he had the acl pcl tear but he's uh he's an absolute stud man that guy is so fast off the edge so just some pieces to build around and you know the bears pretty much are always going to subscribe to the run the rock and play defense and, and win close games but you know they've always just kind of been a, a franchise quarterback away from being relevant because that's what it takes in the nfl brian i mean, you can maybe get by one year with a stopgap and a good D and a good running game, but to win consistently year in and year out, you got to have that guy, man. There's a reason why the same teams are in the conference championship every year, it seems like, or you know, buying for those playoff spots every year because they have the guy. And so every team that doesn't have that guy is out looking for him. That's why you give John Lynch all the credit in the world for not sitting around waiting for the draft or free agency next year, waiting for a you know Kirk Cousins to land in his lap. No, he went out. He's proactive. He traded a second-round pick with Jimmy Garoppolo. You hit on that, dude, you're golden. And, uh, and I mentioned, you know, I wasn't too thrilled about the way that uh, the Bears handled the draft as far as losing a pick to, to move up one spot when the 49ers were going to take him anyway. Having said that, if they end up getting their guy and, and Mitchell Trubisky is the franchise quarterback, I couldn't care less. I'll give you two number ones. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it's just that, that's how important that position is. And that's why I think this Sunday there's a layer of intrigue around this game whereas normally it's just a couple of bad teams playing a game in December.
1: Right. That's a good point. And I mean, people were kind of when when the Rams and and Philadelphia traded up for Goff and Wentz at the top of the 2016 draft. And now it's like, oh, yeah, dude, that's fine, man, because you, you almost can't overpay yeah. if you actually do hit on your quarterback. That's a great point. Um, let's look a little bit more of that defensive side of the ball for the Bears. And, um, you know, hey, Mitch Trubisky's I mean, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's in there now. So you, you watch out. The Niners might throw up 40 points on you all of a sudden. But um, probably <laughs> probably not. But uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, Leonard Floyd on IR. What's the rest of that Bears defense looking like that the Forty Nine ers are going to face in Jimmy Garoppolo's first start?
3: Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of guys questionable. McPhee, uh Akeem Hicks, uh, Mitch Unrine, I mean, really the the meat and potatoes of that front seven. A lot of guys banged up. Danny Trevathan's banged up right now. I mean, it's December. Everybody's hurt. Uh, I would expect you know a couple of those guys to play, but. Um, you know it, the, the Bears definitely won't be at full strength. Uh, I will say this: uh, when you think, when you look at Chicago and you look at their record, you think, oh, it's a terrible team. Yeah, they're not good, but that defense isn't as bad as you think. I mean, they had a couple of games this year. They wreaked havoc on uh, on Joe Flacco in Baltimore. They beat the Steelers in Chicago. They were all over uh, all over Big Ben that day. I mean, you know, they have their flashes. They should have beat the Falcons in the opener. They've had a couple of really close losses. Uh, so this team isn't as bad as their record looks, and like you said, you know there is a, a, a reason to, to feel pos- potentially optimistic. Obviously, uh, you know I'm, I'm a little skeptical about anything bear related right now. It's been quite a few years of, of just bad football, but if they, you know, it, it, their future maybe is a little brighter than you think, and the defense is definitely better than you might think. Uh, they just much like the Niners, man. It seems like you know certain teams just keep getting bit with the injury bug and. You know, the Bears just send countless guys to IR every single year. and just They don't have the depth to cope with the loss, just like the 49ers.
1: Yeah, the the injuries have been crazy this season. And I, I feel like more people are, are are playing through less injury. Like, I just think that they're smarter about sure. it. And, you know, the, the level of um, education for the players and self-reporting injuries. And I think it's good for the human beings. But, you know, it's kind of been bad for the product to have more and more guys on IR and hurt all the time, uh, which is the unfortunate right. side of that. Uh, But, you know, I think it's smart all around by the teams in the league and and they got to smarten up on the injury front. So that makes sense. So depth becomes hugely key for any team in the league. And and it it puts that much more of an onus on the coaching staff. So hopefully the 49ers have that part. Right. And Kyle Shanahan and his coaching staff and Bears, you know, John Fox. He's won a lot of games in this league, but um, he might not be the right guy you want to uh, develop a quarterback, maybe. And so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Bears do in this offseason. Uh, basically, you know, having this conversation with you and looking at the records and looking at how things have gone for both these teams, I'm guessing, uh, let's see, let's look at the my bookie line here. Uh, 40 and a half. I don't know if you can make the the line low enough, right? Are you taking the under on this game?
3: (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, The line last week on the Niners-CX game, I think it was like 44 or something like that, 45, I don't remember, but as soon as I looked at that line, I was like, oh, I'll take the under. Uh, Probably a little bit of the same this week, but, you know, having said that, Jimmy Jimmy could get going. I think the weather isn't going to be as bad. Uh, speaking of the parabolic mics, Brian, uh, I've done it this game. Now, they've played the Bears in Chicago. The ers have played the Bears in Chicago the first week of December, the last two years. This will be the third year in a row. Yeah. And, and I'm not going this year because I'm taking off for a vacation tomorrow. Uh, but the last two years, I did the parabolics for that game. Two years ago, it was a sunny day in Chicago. It was a very unseasonably warm day for a December in Chicago. It was actually colder in San Francisco that day. It was a nice, sunny day. Last year, remember that? And that was the game uh, two years ago where Torrey Smith uh, got the overtime catch from Gabbert in overtime after Gold missed the kick. That would have won the game for the Bears. Yes, yes. Um, Last year, it was the game in the snow, that blizzard, where I stood on the 49er sideline and I watched the team quit. Like, I watched them quit. I will take that to my grave. They quit. They didn't want any part of that football game. They wanted to get back on that plane and get that all out of Chicago. That's when I knew Chip <laughs> Kelly was absolutely cooked. Uh, so the, the the point is this week it's looking like the weather's actually going to be okay. And, you know, I would expect, uh, I would expect them to just kind of let it hang out a little bit and, and just go out there and, and, and chuck that thing around. Uh, but you know, the, the recipe for these teams to get a win is, is both the same. Don't ask your young quarterback to do too much. Uh, lean on that running game and, you know, maybe create a couple of turnovers and, Keep it close in the fourth quarter. And win again. This would be a close ball game. Uh, if, if the if the total's forty, I might take the under in that. But it wouldn't surprise me one bit if it went over.
1: That is Ryan Covey. Ryan, always appreciate the time and always great talking to you. Everybody, tune in to KNBR tonight, ten p.m. to one a.m. on AM six eighty around the Bay Area. And uh, you know, hey, that's the fifty thousand watt flamethrower, so you can catch that all the way deep into uh, the Central Valley and even Oregon sometimes. So tune in to. Ryan Covey and Kane B are there. Um, Hey, man, enjoy your vacation heading off to London, huh?
3: Yeah, two weeks, man. I'm a big Liverpool fan. I'm going to go see him play against Everton in the Merseyside Derby, which is a big deal. It's kind of a bucket list thing for me. I got some friends over there, maybe know a lady or two over there. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, it should be a good trip, man. And uh, I'll say this, as far as fantasy football, Peacock, don't ever discount Burning Sensation. I'm a two-time champ, and all I got to do is get in, baby, because once I'm in, I'm trouble. So don't forget it. All right. And our buddy Ashton, the defending champ who hasn't been setting his damn lineup all year. Well, he's playing one of the matchups that I need him to win. I texted him. I said, Hey bro, I need you this week. That's your lineup for me. He's like, no problem. So, uh, <laughs> it's not going to be any easy win for his opposition. Cause he's uh, he's going against the drunk draftees. So, uh, it'll be fun, man. And, uh, Hopefully, I'll play you in the in the second round of the playoffs after I've gotten in and, and shaken things up in week one. All right.
1: Yeah, you definitely don't want to see me late in the playoffs because I have Aaron Rodgers back. He's going to take the title home for me. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Yeah, hey, I'll talk to you soon, Ryan. All right, brother. Thanks again to Ryan Covey for joining me on this show. Going to keep this Niners-Bears coverage going on Friday's episode, a Locked On podcast crossover episode with Lauren Cox. He's the host of Locked On Bears. Some more to come for you. Tune in tomorrow right here on Locked On 49ers.